In nomine Patris, Filii, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Queen of heaven, rejoice, alleluia, for he whom you did merit to bear, alleluia, is risen as he said, alleluia. Pray for us to God, alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary, alleluia, for the Lord has truly risen, alleluia. In this episode of the Memento Traditionis podcast, I wanted to do something a little bit different from the normal episodes that I've been doing with readings from various Catholic books. First of all, let us rejoice. Christ is risen. We are still within the octave of Easter, and what a joyous time it is. It is certainly meant to be a time of rejoicing and recognizing the freedom that we have found in Christ. However, I want to remind you to not forget the time that we have spent in Lent. Now, Lent is a season for mortification and considering our sins and making reparation for them, among other things. And it has a different character to the season of Easter, which is much more joyous. However, we need to remember that the resurrection does not come without the cross. And although Easter is a time for celebration, it shouldn't be a time of diving into worldliness and completely throwing off every sort of mortification that we have taken on during Lent. In fact, I would say that if you have observed Lent well, you will recognize how important those mortifications were to your spiritual life and how we should not completely forget them, even in the time of Easter. Unfortunately, it is common today for most Catholics to not even have any sort of mortification in Lent, even on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, days of fasting, can we really consider one full meal and two small meals a deprivation? <laughs> I don't know if we can. It's not. I don't find it particularly difficult. Maybe for some people it is, but we've really lost this sense of mortification and truly impenitential spirit of Lent. And I think it, that makes it more difficult to celebrate the joys of Easter. But for those of us who have observed Lent well, and I can't say that I've observed it, you know, 100% well, I've certainly had my slip-ups, but I think it was particularly fruitful for me this year, and I hope that and pray that it was for you as well. If we have observed it well, we recognize how fruitful those penances, those mortifications were, and I don't think we should want to throw them off completely. In fact, they are what led us to this joyous time of Easter. They are what have led us to growing closer to God, to growing in virtue, to developing our spiritual life. Let me read from this book of meditations that I regularly go through, which is called Divine Intimacy by Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene of the Carmelites. And this is a great book of meditations, daily meditations related to the traditional Latin Mass uh, calendar, traditional uh, liturgical calendar for the Latin Mass. And so each day has a different meditation, actually two different meditations with some prayers as well. But I think this one, this is after, you know, this is, we're in the Easter season, in the octave of Easter. And this is what he chooses to talk about on this day, the Wednesday in the week of Easter. He says, Mortification frees the soul from every obstacle 
which might retard the growth of grace, which might hinder the soul's love for God and its flight toward Him. Whereas prayer, which consists essentially in intimate conversation with God, feeds this love and quickens this flight. Mortification prepares a suitable place for a loving meeting with God. Prayer affects this meeting, and by placing the soul in real contact with God, the source of living water, it quenches its thirst and reanimates it. It is in this sense that the saints, and particularly the contemplative saints, have always seen in the living water promised by Jesus not only sanctifying grace, but also those special graces of light and love which are its consequences in which the soul attains to in prayer and in the moments of intimate contact with God. And skipping forward a little bit, he goes on to say, Contemplation is a gift of God. He gives it, says St. Teresa of Jesus, when and as he wishes. Although he offers it to all, in one form or another, he will grant it only to those souls which apply themselves generously to mortification and prayer. So let me go back and read the beginning here. Mortification frees the soul from every obstacle which might retard the growth of grace, which might hinder the soul's love for God and its flight toward him. Whereas prayer, which consists essentially in intimate conversation with God, feeds this love and quickens this flight. So we see here how important mortification is, the penances, the willing sacrifices we've made throughout Lent. These are things, these are habits that we have built up, and maybe we don't continue them 100% throughout the whole year. But I would suggest to you that if you found these fruitful, you should continue them. You should not just give them up just because Lent is over. If these things have brought you closer to God, as he says here, if it frees your soul from an obstacle which retards your growth in grace, why in the world would you want to throw that off? I know it's a temptation for me and probably for many of us to say, okay, Lent's over. Now we can party. We can you know, go to feasting, which, yes, it is a time of feasting. But how much more should we be feasting on God's grace, on our intimate union with him? And if that's what we truly desire, you know, not just some chocolates or, or some something that's tasty that, that pleases our, our carnal nature, which there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself, but if that's our only focus, if that's our only desire in feasting, then I would suggest that perhaps we need to reconsider how we're feasting in this time of Easter. Mortification frees the soul from every obstacle which might retard the growth of grace, which might hinder the soul's love for God and its flight toward him. Think about that. In this time of Easter, in this time of celebration of Christ's resurrection, shouldn't we want to maintain that grace that we have received through Lent? Shouldn't we want to continue to remove obstacles which retard our growth in grace? As Jesus says, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake, he will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits his soul? In this time of Easter, when we celebrate Jesus' resurrection, 
we have to remember that the cross is what led us to his resurrection. As St. Paul says, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the sinful body might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. For we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let us consider the things that we have put off during the time of Lent, the mortifications that have truly helped us to grow in grace, to remove the obstacles which have prevented us from growing in grace. And let us continue those things which we have crucified with Christ, those sacrifices that we have made to be closer to Christ. These are the things that have brought us to the resurrection, and we should thank God for that and not seek to throw them off. Now, I'm not saying here that you have to continue as if this were another Lent. But truly consider the things that have helped you during Lent and consider how you might adapt and continue those things throughout the whole year. If you have built up this discipline which has truly helped you to grow in grace, do not disregard it. Do not discard it. Let us remember that every single week is a mini Lent and every Sunday is an Easter. Every Wednesday, we remember the betrayal of Jesus. Every Friday, we remember his crucifixion, his death for us, his passion. Every Saturday, we consider how his body was in the sepulcher, awaiting his resurrection. And every Sunday, we celebrate this resurrection. Traditionally, for at least a thousand years, Every single Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, in memorial of Jesus' betrayal, of his crucifixion, of his repose in the sepulchre, were days of fasting, penance, and prayer, and very intense fasting. We're talking about only one meal, abstinence from anything that came from an animal, whether it be meat, milk, cheese, eggs, etc., now, obviously, you are not bound to follow these practices, but we should probably consider why did the early church do this? And if you've gained any benefit from Lent, hopefully you see why this is, why it's so important to removing obstacles that prevent us from growing in grace and that will help us to be more fruitful in our prayer and communion with God. So I'm not saying that you have to do this but I would suggest that you consider how exactly you can honor these traditions. How have we benefited during Lent? And how can we continue to receive those benefits and grow closer to God through those mortifications that we have taken on? How much more so do we need this today when so many people turn from God and even those who call themselves Christians appear to not even change their lives? to follow Christ, to take up their cross and follow him. If anyone needs to hear this message, it is most certainly me, and that is why I've recorded it for myself.
but I hope that it has provided some benefit for you, something to consider. Let us all pray for one another that we may continue to grow closer to God and bring glory to Him. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen.